What up, party people? Happy Sunday. As always, it is a damn good day to have a damn good day. We speak a lot about the law of association and just how important it is to have really good people around you. And today's guest is the definition of someone that's used the law of association to create an amazing community that stretches all over the globe. And if you're new to the podcast, our mission here is twofold, to educate aspiring entrepreneurs by dissecting the come-up stories of incredible humans, by extracting the golden nuggets that you can apply now to better your life and Second, to have all my friends that are making moves and to meet my other friends that are making moves to create one giant community of extraordinary people. And on episode 49, we are joined by an absolute force of nature, Aubrey Marie. What a legend. Aubrey is a combination of a slacklining, rock climbing, yoga instructor, all around guru when it comes to meditation, when it comes to learning more about your body and her journey of how she got to where she's at is no typical story. Something that's really inspiring about Aubrey is she has this ability to be super vulnerable and real. I mean, us as humans, that's one of the hardest things there is, just being real, keeping it real. I mean, every one of us is facing challenges every single day, and Aubrey has this ability to just talk about it. She keeps it real. She tells it how it is. And guess what? It's not always sunshine and rainbows. On this episode, we discuss Nali, the ancient art of stomach cleansing, highlining, which is slacklining over a canyon, rock climbing, both indoor and outdoor, training for American Ninja Warrior, and so much more. As always, all of our episodes are now featured on YouTube. So like, comment, share if you're feeling the good vibes. And so without further ado, welcome to episode 49 with Aubrey Marie. Aubrey, how are you? I'm well. Welcome to the show. It's so great <laughs> to see you. Thanks for having me. You just came up from San Diego. I did. And San Diego, you're living the dream out there. Eh, it's like a very relaxed home base. I feel like when people... Are you from San Diego? No, I'm from New Mexico. Okay, cool. When did you move to San Diego? Mm, like 12 years ago. Was it like love at first sight? No, it was like settle at first sight and it still is. Really? Yeah. Settle. Settling. Do you, did you feel like that when you first moved there or was it like... Just because you've been there for so long, it almost feels like you need change. I think now that I look back, I understand that for the first few years, it was helping me to grow. And now it's, you know, since then. So for about 10 years of settling. There's a lot of good people <laughs> in San Diego, though. It's like, it seems like a lot of the crowd that you follow is inside of San, like San Diego. Like people that are into yoga, rock climbing, like all about the good vibes, good nature. Yeah, relatively so. Um I posted about my first workshop and it, in San Diego, and I had like 17 people show up. It was a good turn up. Where and was then, this at? It was at Trilogy. It was a really great place, yeah. But um, in that same post, I was like, oh, and also I'm doing one in Denver. And I got so many DMs from that. And then I posted once about my workshop in Denver, and I got like 40 people to sign up. So I think that's a small example of how... Um, maybe caught or welcomed, I feel, in other places and maybe not so much in San Diego. I love Trilogy. Trilogy, that whole community is so cool. What's her name who runs Trilogy? Layla. Shout out Layla. Big shout out Layla. Yeah, man. It was great. The 17 people who did show up, were, oh, we had a blast. It was a, it was a beautiful workshop. And it's been a long dream kind of in the making of getting a workshop at Trilogy eventually because it's, it's an intimidating space and some really, really amazing people. So, well, you seem like someone that's just like making moves. You've been, (laughs) 
like right there you got that upbeat mentality you're not scared <laughs> to just jump right into it and like you've really just your career in terms of just everything you've been doing is amazing it's outstanding you're a, a mentor and an influencer to so many people and people that i adore know you and they're like oh my god holy, holy shit no way so, so, <laughs> so fantastic and it's cool like was it were you like that just like when you were growing up were you oh always god, like no. super outgoing and cr- like out here it's it, it like, okay, so a lot of people, you, there's a lot of negative to the internet. And what that really is, is a hyper connection to some of the negative shit that is in society, unfortunately. So that being said, if you ask me, like Instagram is amazing. It's changed my life um, for the better. I was so shy. Oh my God. Like leaving my house to go to the bank. No, it felt like, go, like stepping into a party that I wasn't invited to. Like being in public and being social and even just making eye contact. I think Apple kind of was the beginning of it. Of, you know, that kind of like broke away the homeschool shell, like the I'm from a town of 1,200 people <laughs> <laughs> kind of and gave me another platform to work from, but I was still so hardened. So I was um, pretty like quote unquote confident and pretty outgoing, but through like a very aggressive, like I'm better than you, I'm stronger than you kind of um, way of being. Really. You, gotta, you developed thick skin quick. Yeah, I was very fear-based. Um, and then through Instagram, I met the brand that I now work with. And through that brand, I've met, I'd say, about a dozen individuals who have just completely changed and sculpted my life. And um, yeah. Isn't it amazing yeah. that when you meet certain people, they unlock different abilities you never knew you had? Yeah, you use the word uh, unlock. And I think that that's a really great... It, it, it feels like it's magic. So when people ask you, like, how... How did you get from this point to that point? I'm like, well, there was that one night when I met this group of people and we had this con, you know, it's almost like it's unquantifiable. You can't, you'd have to take like a really detailed journal, right? Every day to even begin to figure out the path that you took to success. And I feel like once you see someone else that's actually doing it, it makes you realize for the first time, like, whoa, this person's just as goony and fun and, you know, not too serious. And they're out here <laughs> living their dream. And you're like, I can do that too. Yeah, I was just in Colorado with a brand and I had, you know, kind of met first through their social media, social media manager and then their community manager. And then I found myself in the living room of the owners, you know, and it's like this 28 year old dude who's just kind of goofy. He's a little insecure. He struggles. You know, he's got he's got his own like mental blocks. And I was like, oh, man, <laughs> thank you for that reminder that you know, you might, you might be the owner of a million dollar business, but you're just, you're just like a human. Right. And that's, and the people that can show that because everyone is thinking, I feel like everyone's thinking the same thing. We're all caught up in our own heads. We're all, you know, we're, we're all in our own reality. We don't perceive things from other people's reality. And we all believe that if only I was this person, if only I was her, if only I had this, I would be happy. And then like, I like what Naval said on Joe Rogan's podcast. Naval is like a huge uh, investor. He's the co-founder of AngelList. And he said that you need to become wealthy, number one. And his reasoning behind that is you need to become wealthy to realize that wealth isn't the answer. But you can't tell someone who doesn't have anything (laughs) to be that way. That's just his thought process. I found it interesting. That's incredible. It's basically saying like, look, like you can't tell someone that's, you know, struggling. Sure. That money's not the answer because they're like, yeah, get GTFO. Right. Well, what is it? Desire attained is no longer desire at all. Right. Right. And so it's kind of like 
anything we want or desire before we get it. That's it. That's kind of like the pinnacle, the end all. And then you get it. You're like, oh shit, that thing about it being the journey. It was true. (laughs) Fuck. Now I need to find (laughs) another goal so I can experience the journey and forget about it all over again. So so you had mentioned Apple being uh, a a way to help you break through on social media. What is your connection to that connection to Apple? Sure. So I, uh, I think that was that was sort of trailing about the idea about was have I always been very open and um, so I homeschooled. I got kicked out of high school <laughs> and I homeschooled. How did you get kicked out of high school? Uh, I, it's, I'm from like a really small town and it was either like fight or not, you know. You're straight fighting. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, man. <laughs> we just had a UFC fighter on our last podcast. Do you think you'd stand yeah. up to him in the ring? I don't know. I did wrestle co-ed for a few years. I might be able to. Interesting. I'm just going to have to arrange that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was, before I got my job at Apple, I, I remember even like, I was just kind of this, like I'd done a few jobs at hotels and I didn't have a lot of personality. It was kind of a shell. I remember being able to make like exquisite eye contact and having really extraordinary posture. But then when they'd ask me more, like, what did you, what do you do for your, what are your passions? What did you do in school? It was like, well, not much. (laughs) So I think it was not only at Apple did I develop obviously like video editing skills and photo editing skills and web design and, and met some really talented people. Um, but interpersonal skills. I learned how to communicate. I learned how to um, think of myself as an equal, and I think that stemmed from having knowledge that the customers who came in seeking didn't have, right? And so it's like, even if it was a business owner or a CEO, a doctor, what, and it was like, well, here I am helping you fix this problem, you know, that's really important to you. Um, so I think that helped to give me some kind of... So you like stepped into your power a, a little, little bit. A little bit, yeah. But like I was saying, it stepped into a sense of power, but through fear. Right, I wasn't leading with love, but I was, yeah, stepping into some power. Damn, first yeah. of all, nice rings. Those Thanks things are so much. Those things are, <laughs> those things are gangster. But is there like a sim- symbolic or, between that? Um, well, these two are from New Mexico, and they're kind of like a very Native American inspired. This one is from Thailand. I was just uh, checking out of my villa, and I looked across the street, and I saw what I thought was a huge chunk of turquoise. And I ran across the street, and he's like, "No, it's a moonstone." I'm like, "No, it's not," but I'll take it. So yeah, and then this was my mom's first wedding ring or wedding band. I love that. Yeah. One of my my good friend uh, Dan Hunt, shout out. He was on the podcast. He's working on a Hi, Dan. Um, a line of of blog posts, and eventually he's going to be writing a book called Removalism. Mm-hmm. And he talks about. Have you heard of the Marie Kondo thing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he's talking <laughs> about the idea of removalism and constantly trying to reiterate what do we actually love and what do we not love. Have you ever done anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm in a super blessed position. The brand that I work with Aloe for the last, like what, four years, you get a huge chunk of their season, every season. That's four times a year. (laughs) (laughs) And I live in like a 500 square foot little cottage. So I'm constantly reanalyzing. What is it like? You know what I do? It's what do I pack when I'm traveling? You know, those are my favorites. And then from there, I'm constantly just like whittling away. And it's, it's, uh, it's actually like a really self-centered action, right? That there's no such thing as true altruism because there's something so special about giving people like, you know, any, whatever it is that they need when you give it, it's, it fills you up. Mm-hmm. It feels yeah. so good. It's funny. It all the time. It's funny how we all have like our grade A clothes and then like our grade B clothes. Yeah. And, grade and then it's C like, clothes. why do we hold on to them? Just care, they, you never wear Skylar them. just rips me apart all the time because <laughs> before Skylar, my outfits were really, really hurting. They were all grade C, but that was your main. <laughs> I just I love <laughs> neon. Man. I rock too much neon. I had to come in with a little style expertise, you know, change the Jones <laughs> style up a little bit. 
change it up a little bit, <laughs> change the script on it. He, he was all about neon colors, and I think we found a fine balance with these pastels. You know, I think it looks good on him. He still gets those bright colors that he wants, but like it's a little dulled down, you know. Yeah. Pastel. Looks good with your eyes. Works. I like that. <laughs> Toaster strudels and pastels. But <laughs> I'm really curious about when you first stepped into yoga. When did you first have your first mm. yoga class? I was like 19 and I was working at this pizza restaurant and one of my coworkers was complaining she had to get in a certain amount of hours and didn't want to go to class alone and talked me into going to a core power class. And I remember it was candlelit and I was like, oh, this is something I can get down with. Like no one's looking at me and I could be in the back row and just kind of like, you know what, true story. I remember for many, many years, it took me about eight years of doing yoga before I realized, (laughs) before I realized that there was such thing as sequences and so it was like halfway through teacher training. I was like, oh, shit, that's how the girls to the left and to the right of me always know what pose is coming next because it's a sequence. But so I remember sitting in the back of class just floundering like, oh, oh, left side. Oh, this. <laughs> and it was a Wednesday night candlelit class. And it's the only one I felt comfortable going to because it was dark and felt more private. Sequences are just like like I'm like combos and fighting like boom 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 type deal. <laughs> um, well, you might have like your son A and your son B, right? And then from there you're gonna break away and do a certain sequence, and it's gonna you know take place on one side of the body, and then you transition into the other side. Well, that's a major key. So you're saying you're doing this art for eight years before you have this yeah. utter breakthrough. <laughs> like, it was like, gosh. And I remember the girls in class being like, wait you've just had this breakthrough. Like we're, you know, we're like practicing for one of our final tests. And there I was just understanding the flow of a public yoga class. That's amazing. I mean, that's good for everyone to understand and realize because I think people constantly look at us at who we are now and Mm -hmm. not where we were. Yeah. In fact, as a teacher, I still shy away from teaching sequence classes because I just there, it just does something. I have a learning disability and it does something to my brain. And I'm like, (laughs) and now I'm a little bit more, um, embodied and I, and I love my strengths. And so my weaknesses don't affect me as much. And I, I kind of think it's cute how my brain works. Do right? you think it's like a real, and, and I'm not sure if there's an f- official name of what you call your learning disability, but do you think it's a real disability or just something what society calls a disability? Exactly. Right. It's not like, is it a disability or is that just how my brain works? Like that's like taking two plants and being like, well, this one grows straight and this one grows the shit. This one's a little disabled. Like, no, I don't <laughs> think it's a disability at all. But um, the way I process information is very different than most people I've experienced. And if you maybe didn't know some of my stronger sides, uh, like my artistic side or or whatever, um, and you just said, hey, like, (laughs) what's 25% of this nut? You might think I'm a little slow, right? You'd be like, man, that girl's kind of goofy. Or if you asked me to recite some specific set of instructions, um, yeah. (laughs) With the artistic side of things, are you into like a specific type of art? Like, are you into like actually drawing and stuff like that? Yeah, video editing and photography editing. Is that your first love? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've never, before then, I never considered myself an artist. I um, I don't want to say like the word I can't, uh, but right now drawing is not, drawing, singing, painting, um, sculpture, none of those are really a part of my arsenal of expression, uh, but video editing, I picked it up like overnight and it's even so filming and, and photographing, but really the editing. The editing is the so flow. interesting because people that edit, know how much goes into editing yeah. and then people see it they have no idea what goes into it yeah I remember when I, I used to edit little you know three minute shorts or whatever and my friends would look away for four or five seconds and I'd be like no <laughs> you're missing this transition I spent all night on um so yeah yeah that's for my that's my jam do you do after effects Mm-mm. yeah I don't know no. anything about it I mean I do a little just because at some point I went 
uh, freelance in the industry. And so there was a little bit of avid, a little bit of after effects and fantastic. You know. Well, it's interesting that you're, you know, eight years, you're rocking, doing your thing. You got your sequences down. Oh, I know. I'm so I'm 13 years in, right? I'm well, eight years till you got your sequence. Oh yeah. Yeah. 13 total. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that funny though? Eight years of doing a yoga class before my brain was like, Oh, there's this repetitive nature. Um, you're human. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. But it's like, when you're doing these classes and when you're doing like teaching all these people, because I feel like, I mean, I know personally with yoga, like I've gone to maybe, I don't know, a dozen to, to 14 to 15. I'm trying to get more into it. Trying. And you feel so embarrassed. Actually, true story. My first <laughs> yoga class, I signed up for the month trip at Yoga Works, right? Yeah. You get like the Groupon. It was like 39.90. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> and I go there and like, I didn't know which class, but I wanted, you know, I'm like, I work out. So I'm yeah. like, I, I could hang. <laughs> And I, I did the, I think, Yamasuta or two or three or something mm-hmm. like that. It's like the physical. One. What's it called? <laughs> I'm not sure. Right. Oh, damn it. What is it? Okay. Well, I did the something level two and three. Yeah. And I get there and I look to my left and look to my right <laughs> and they're just freaking yogis staring at me. <laughs> About five minutes into the exercise, I'm trying so hard to hang and the teacher comes over and taps on my shoulder and she goes, you know, you don't need to have your socks on. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. That's incredible. I went so red. <laughs> she calls me out in front of the entire class. I'm like, this is my first class. She goes, oh, hey, everybody. This is Ian's first class. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Cat's out the back. But then afterwards, they were so nice. Everyone was yeah. so supportive and cool. And I was like, wow. Yeah. My practice wouldn't be what it is without the influence of the LA yoga community. For sure. Do you, does everyone support each other, do you yes. think? That's, so one time we were all at a, a friend's birthday party and my best friend's dad was there observing and he's like, you know, you guys are like the top 1% or 2% of, of the type of people. Right. And, and then, so here you've got like Andrew Seely doing this beautiful, what seems to be like a perfect handstand, you know, hollow back thing. And then two or three of us will chime in and be like, push through this, you know, engage here, breathe extension. And he'll take each of it to heart and he'll, and he'll adjust as such. And then he'll come down and, and I'll pop into a back bend and then same thing, like beautiful expression, but I'll still take everybody's feedback to heart. So my friend's dad observed this and he's like, I've never seen, you know, you might assume that Andrew might be like, I don't need your feedback. I have the nicest handstands here, but he still takes the feedback and is that much better because of it. Um, so yeah, it's a really special. Group. So always in that practice mode, always, always learning and supportive, really. Like you could be, again, you could be doing a handstand that is like seemingly pointless while breakfast is being cooked. And next thing you know, two or three of us are over giving you cues and saying, push through here, engage here you know, so, cheering each other on. So the poses, I mean, they're beautiful. Like people when they're doing, when they're in their element and they get that ocean background, you're sure. like, you're like, dying. Like, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. Do you feel like yoga is like one of the ultimate forms of expression through like being an artist almost? Like, do you apply your artisticness to yoga? Mm, yeah, but I think outs like yoga kind of creates some barriers for me. I'd just say movement. Um, because that, as a teacher, I'm a big fan of saying like, fuck alignment. You know, I don't think actually doing the exact same alignment many days a week for, you know, 50 years. I don't think that's actually intelligent movement. Um, Alignment's just like the same old, same old. Yeah. You, you, there's like certain cues in yoga, right? Like a 90 degree, make sure your knee is stacked above your ankle and, 
that's and I remember a long time like ago. You don't go by the books, basically. No, no. I was gonna. Say, so a long time ago, I came across this Ido Portal video, and he's demonstrating. He's standing up, and he does this. He jumps up and lands with his ankles like bent, right, almost like a rolled ankle. And his thing is, if you're never training those spaces, then when you fall, right, or it become you, you enter that space in an accidental manner, that's where injury comes from. Um, so like in yoga, they'll say, never always make sure your knee is stacked above your ankle. Never, you know, don't let it splay out, whatever it might be. And I think explore every nook and cranny of your body. Of course, like with practice comes an awareness of your body and the difference between I can't and I don't want to, or this hurts a little, or this is going to be an injury kind of thing. Um, so taking the time to deepen and explore your awareness before you start to push those boundaries, but also like <laughs> you're, you're your own best teacher. So fuck what anybody else says. And then like what you do when you're not in the class is probably super important too, right? Yeah. yeah it's like people just go to their class and they figure that's the time, but it's like with yoga to be ma- like a masterful, you got to go breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Do you say? Mm, I think it's a lifestyle, right? It's something. It's calming and relaxing for you. Like if you're ever like freaking out and you just engage into some yoga, are you like, boom. Uh, more breath work than yoga asana to be honest I've kind of trailed away so like I do a lot of handstand practice I do a lot of contortion practice and training uh rock climbing trail running that kind of thing but I went to my first yoga asana class I think like two nights ago it was the first one in maybe two months how was it oh god it killed me (laughs) (laughs) the class was called hot as a mother it was so it was it was hot as a motherfucker it was so super hot (laughs) It was, uh, it was humbling. It was good. Rock climbing. Do you do like outside rock climbing? Like straight? Kind of a little. A little bit. Yeah. Most rock climbers would probably say I'm not a real rock climber. <laughs> I like bouldering in a gym. I like yeah. climbing around on plastic. This yeah. guy's all about bouldering. Yeah. As an avid rock climber, I see a lot of uh, share pages posting videos of you uh, <laughs> uh, hanging upside down doing bat hangs and yeah, stuff because i do the goofy stuff that most climbers think like oh you're such a show-off or you're <laughs> you're you know you're there's like there's this whole dirtbag mentality that seems resistant to the internet culture and like the i get it right like climbing is it's what they've got that's their their love and passion and then you have people like me who are like oh oh can i bat hang off this v7 right and so <laughs> but then it is also receptive you know it's received well and it you know it it does well on the internet but I do find like some pushback when I go to a gym that's not mine they're like who is this girl bat hanging you know it's a little showboaty but yeah <laughs> you got a lot of hobbies which is really yeah. cool yeah. and I think that's so important to the people that are most happy have a lot of hobbies you know it's like their brains always moving they're always trying to become masterful at something so slacklining you're super into um, I've never been into it really. It was like uh, walk across the string between, and then I was introduced to highlining and I tend to like, like safety third, right? Anything that's like <laughs> really scary and like pushes me to my limits. I, um, I, I've touched on it a little bit. I spent so many years living from fear and being afraid to like speak my voice, give a person a compliment, do the thing I wanted to do. Like, you know, really just be embodied. And so things like uh skydiving and highlining uh, you know they really uh, you know even like for instance running that is the most boring thing so highlining is like you're actually like hanging from a cliff type deal (laughs) highlining is like slacklining but like hundreds and hundreds of feet up how was your experience with that it was on par with skydiving. I would say it was the same adrenaline as like getting ready was like, you know, walking up and setting up. That was equivalent to the flight and then clipping on and actually going out was equivalent to the door being opened in the plane and being like, all right, it's time to jump. So it's like fully trusting this, this rope. Yeah. A rope and a harness and a little carabiner. 
I remember I got off the line and I was like, oh shit, I forgot to remind myself that this fear was coming from a sense of like fear of death, right? Because ultimately like where is fear coming from? Um, and if we can, I think for me, if I can at least remember that because it, it's like this driving force, right? And you're just got this state of panic, like, oh shit, I'm about to do this thing. And if you can just turn around and look at it and be like, oh yeah, I mean, I don't want to die today, but that's where this fear is coming from. You're so much more you know, able to act uh, and be in the moment. What I like about slacklining is the focus, you know, when you're really just walking across it, I feel like everything around me just kind of dissipates and I'm just so focused on one foot in front of the other. And even before that is just finding the balance to even get to that level of focus. So with highlining, how how much of a distraction is that <laughs> canyon below you? I mean, on a normal slack line, I can do things like pistol squat and like a little like arm variation balance. Um, I wasn't actually able, even willing to unclip and stand up way out in the middle. So it was, for me, my experience was just going out letting go of the rope and hanging in a back bend. And that was enough for me. But I, as soon as I got back in, I was like, damn it, I should have done that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that's the beauty of slackline. Because a lot of people, especially when I set up just out by the bay or whatever, people want to get on and just immediately start walking. But yeah. the first step is balancing, you know? Uh -huh. Then that leads into the steps. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I think with the high line, what you did your first time is just getting comfortable and being in that situation. And now... Sure. Next time, let's take some steps, right? Yeah, yeah. or even just unclip and, and uh, kind of push away from the line and let the line catch you and have that trust fall. All right. You guys are both absolutely crazy. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to chill on that. Come on, I'm just, Jones. I'm just going to stay, there, stay okay. grounded. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we'll start with skydiving when I have a homie strapped to me. So at least, yeah. at least we're both going down if things get up, yeah. you know? Do you do solo skydiving? No, I'm, I'm on my eighth one and my eighth tandem. They joke with me that I'm not allowed to do any more tandems. They're like, what are you doing? But, you know, it's been a work in progress. So I think something that's super cool about your ideology is this whole conquering fear concept, right? Mm -hmm. Like my favorite, one of my favorite quotes by Joseph Campbell is like, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasures that you seek, oh. right? I think every day we're constantly thinking about something that scares us. And the idea of getting up and doing it is the ultimate release of all that built up anxiety that's flooding us. Mm. So making an art, making a practice of falling in love with conquering fear. I mean, that's, that seems like something that is just so worldly that everyone should strive for. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I don't know how I've been so blessed to find myself in this space, but I do know that like I can look back over the past few years and see how beautiful my life has transitioned, how beautifully rather my life has transitioned when you just look at every, every action, every interaction and emotion at all stem, it can boil down, right? And it whittles down to either love or fear and just making it your honest and earnest intention every day to everything comes from love, right? Somebody cuts you off, you like, and it's, it's become this thing of how quickly can I get, have the trigger and then like you have your, your moment between it and then your reaction time. Like, can I expand that time and can I get to that reaction of love quicker? Can I come back to it? So it really, it's like, Life's just a big game. And every day before I leave my front door, I'm like, all right, let's do this. Like, <laughs> when you talk about love, how many different yeah. forms of love do you think there are? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I often think that there are two, right? Like I start in love and I have love for everything. And then I work my way either out of that love 
and into like, oh, that person's kind of an asshole or that experience wasn't so great. So you give everyone the benefit of the doubt. Sure. Like I think for me, I've come to the, well, it's, it's like start in love, earn trust, right? Trust is to be earned and love is to be given freely. Kind of the opposite. Everybody goes in trusting and like holding on to this love and it's like, oh no. Uh, I think we can all move along a lot faster, grow faster, right? And, and um, experience more when we can just let that trust be earned, but let the love just flow. Um, and then I think there's the love where you share with like your partner, right? I think that that's probably the one love. And then maybe, maybe there's like two and a half because your family and your kin are somewhere in between. Um, I find that to be different than a romantic love. Yeah. Yeah. The love you have for your family. I, and I it's a little bit stronger than what I'd have for the average person. So maybe yeah, two and a half kinds. Do you believe in the whole soulmate deal? Me neither. I think <laughs> no. there's hundreds of people that you're compatible with yeah. and that if time and space puts that person in front of you, dope. But like you always come from love or fear, right? And so if if you're no longer fully committed to that person and that was your original sort of agreement, then you would be coming from fear if you didn't speak your truth. So this is something I'm really curious about because when we first got on the phone you just had this energy about you that is so <laughs> infectious and like people listening to this, this episode can hear it like boom, like you're just feeding into the soul, right? I don't think that's just, I don't think you're just born with that. I think you have to like learn that. Like I think you've been through some serious shit. Like I just feel like, I don't know. I feel like you have like a deep story that like you've had to conquer a lot of fears in order to mm. get to this energy. And I think this energy is inside a lot of people, but you've kind of done a ton of soul searching. Is there a kind of a time that you've personally possibly like hit rock bottom that you can, that you can touch on that almost just like, it's kind of like hanging at the lowest end of your belly yeah. when you're doing the stomach stretch <laughs> thing. You're like, I'm just trying to get this thing out, you know? Yeah. I think, um, there were so many times it was like, but it took, maybe it was like a, um, many of them combined, like, what's that? I'm trying to think of, like, con condensed or consolidated, right? So after, like, years and years of it, just struggling with depression and suicidal thoughts, and, I mean, as far back in, like, I was, like, four years old, the first time I thought, like, I hate myself. I don't like myself. Um, and then it would be last summer. Last summer, I remember getting to the point where I was, like, oh, man, if I don't change my routine and reach out and shift have some major shifts I might actually kill myself so it was around I, I I remember I smashed my bong and I quit drinking and I reached out to a bunch of friends and I got super active and I stopped seeing the person I was seeing and just really shifted a lot was this at a time when people might look at you and say wow she's got her shit fully figured out <laughs> of course I think from an outside perspective you see like a pretty girl who like models for aloe and you know has like a following on Instagram everything must be fucking fantastic right no and I remember I wrote a post I wrote something to the Atuna of like oh I can touch today I can touch my feet to my head but today I hate myself uh, asana doesn't matter or something right and it's just, that's one of the, I, I feel so blessed to have the struggle that I do, but also be in this meat suit that I'm in and have the opportunities that I have to sort of destigmatize depression and suicidal thoughts. And, um, you know, really like the hustle, the work that mm. it takes to get to a certain place. Do you think that there's almost like a certain thing that people can do that are in that moment, that are in that, that feeling of pure sadness, pure depression, suicidal, because so many people are, are there, right? Yeah. You know, we all think we're so individualized. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's pretty fucked up, right? Yeah. If you're a human existing in the human experience, you've, you've experienced some level of depression. Do you think that there's a certain thing that you just wish you could tell certain people that are feeling that? Like, like, 
go here or <sighs> do this. Because one thing that's dope about you is you're super open about this shit. Yeah, man. You're so real, you know? And like, that's going to hit people because there's so many people looking at you and saying, wow, like, I wish I could talk about that. And if you talked about it, you could probably get help. People don't talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, especially being, you know, I'm not quote unquote, I'm not looked at as like an average person, even though I'm more average than you'd ever fucking assume we all are. Anybody who says otherwise is lying. Um, it's like people think that I must be so happy. I must be. And I love, I love breaking their little perception bubble and being like, no, no. <laughs> Last year I wanted to, you know, it's, it's, uh, and, and that it's not linear, right? next week I might be sad again. Who fucking knows? Who knows? So man, if I could tell, I would say like, okay, if you're at that spot where just no one understands and nothing matters and you're so, what's the fucking point of life? Like get up, get outside, get moving for a mile, right? Whether it's running or walking. And then during that time, make eye contact with at least 10 people and smile and hold that eye contact, you know, find some sustained connection with somebody yeah get that vitamin d yeah get the sun yeah feel the vibes because you, yeah you get out of your get out of your space get out of the vibes wherever you're in get out of there get some fresh air and you're gonna have a shift in perspective even if it's just i'm not saying like you're gonna get to the top of the empire state building it might just be one or two stairs but it'll get you moving to that next thing and you're like well maybe i'll text lisa and we'll go to lunch tomorrow next thing you know you're getting dressed up rather than sitting in bed depressed and you're going to lunch isn't and, that crazy that yeah. like if you're sick and you're feeling down and you're feeling low and you think to yourself shit should i go and get that yeah. uber to the homies house <laughs> like and, and that's like, the hardest step right? right you're like oh but then once you're there you almost nine out of ten yeah. times will say almost always feel like it was worth it yeah just getting yourself and pushing yourself out there. Mm -hmm. Also, why we love animals. <laughs> yeah. I just think animals was the answer. Yeah, getting my dog was a really good decision. I'm, like, I'm, I'm torn right now. I'm torn if I want to get the cat. My big issue is this too. <laughs> like, our apartment situation. Like, I'm, I grew up with outdoor cats. And, like, I'm all about the cat coming in and out. And, like, you know, yeah. homies are killing chipmunks and stuff. <laughs> and I'm just, yeah. But, like, an indoor cat, I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. I don't I want to do fleas, man. If I'm living with you, I don't want fleas. Yeah, Skyla has like Skyla has this, like this wild half wild cat that comes in and <laughs> brought fleas into his house. He he brought some fleas into the place. It wasn't fun. He needs some flea medicine. Yeah, a flea collar. Skyler, <laughs> Skyler, you need a flea collar. Put uh, one on. Put your one on me, dude. <laughs> yeah, Slap it around my neck. Come on. Bracelets. <laughs> That's so cool. Well, this there's always like people are always constantly trying to get into routines that help them, right? Always. It's something where we wake up and every day we're doing the same thing. You just mentioned you get up, you get out, you do your things. Is there out of, I'm sure you've tried many different routines and different, all the health crazes in the world, like yeah. matcha tea, yeah. ma <laughs> matcha tea and whatever yeah. it is. Um, is there certain things that you like live and die by? Like in the morning, you're like, like what is a typical day in the life? Would you say to feel at the maximum, like Aubrey Jonesiness? Yeah. <laughs> Aubrey Jonesiness. I love that. <laughs> um, hydrate. Breathe, set intentions. I, I like to say that people go throughout the day without, without actually sitting down and breathing. You know, it's all on, they're on autopilot, but to really just sit down and focus on breathing is just so beneficial. Yeah. I mean, uh, five minutes of some conscious breathing, like maybe half real slow and calm and intentionally half is kind of like hyperventilation to get you going. And then a minute afterward of just sitting with that new clarity, that shift in your headspace and think like just a, a, a gentle reminder that everyone you're going to interact with is, is their kind of 
drawing from these source emotions, right? Who like our mom hurt our feelings when we were six. And so now your interaction in the office is still stemming from that space of the hurt child and remembering that like to have compassion and be kind and calm and loving with yourself and with everyone else. Yeah. So touching into that, something I'm always trying to work on is getting, <laughs> getting this brain set, yeah. right? Cause if we can control our brain, we can control our life. And that's the hardest thing. Like I always, I talked to, um, recently I've had a pretty shitty experience. I had LASIK eye surgery. Yeah. Right? It's typically fantastic. <laughs> I asked 170,000 people beforehand how good it was. I never heard more 10 star reviews. No yeah. Amazon prime product could have beat it. <laughs> and, uh, I got the surgery and I had a stomach issue called SIBO at the time, which is why I'm really curious to hear about that gnarly stuff, okay. I don't know, clearing out your stuff. <laughs> but basically when I got the surgery, my eyes never recovered and I never regrew my corneal nerves. So like I'm going through this super terrible ish thing where it's like at night, it's like a crazy halo fest and it's like really been effing with my brain because it's like every day you open your eyes, you're faced with some visual disturbance. <laughs> so I've really, and it's kind of been amazing because I'm working with Dr. Joe Dispenza, big okay. shout out Dr. Joe Dispenza. Yeah. Dude's all about like mastering your mind, yeah. how you can literally change your thoughts. And like when you see something, sometimes you see something that scares you you go into that reprogramming and every time you see it, it freaks you the fuck mm -hmm. out. Like that's how I feel when I see like this night thing with the halos and stuff sure. and all that. But ever since I've been slowly working on like stopping that, that trigger and realizing like I'm okay, everything's okay. Like it's really been amazing. Like the mind control, I still got ways sure. to go, but what are your thoughts on like being able to control your mind? Do you think meditation helps you get there? Sure. Um, God, I think that, everything that I've experienced was just to get me to breathwork and meditation, everything built into that, because that's where the real shifts hot. Like I used to be a really big asshole. Like I've thrown bricks through windows and I've like told, you know, flown off the handle in ways that like, Oh my God, just super embarrassing. Right. And it wasn't like nailing a handstand that made me a nicer person. It wasn't getting my feet to my head. Like I was still an asshole. It was, it's definitely been breathwork and meditation. And almost like, God, I don't know. It was almost like a complete rewiring or a paradigm shift. Right. And mostly like I was, I touched on earlier, lengthening that moment between when I'm triggered and when I react. And if I, the longer I can lengthen it, the more likely I am my reaction to be rather than a hundred percent. I come through at like 20%. That, that's a great thought process. And it's kind of like two steps forward, one step back. Mm -hmm you know, realizing like you've that length. And I like how you put that there. Cause it's like <laughs> when the neurons fire from the brain yeah. to the body, cause Dr. Joe Dispenza, he always talks about the idea that your body by like the age of say 35 becomes almost programmatic in itself. And like you're 5% conscious and like 95% your body. That's like, if you can't remember someone's phone number, but you take your phone out, like you consciously do it. Or like the, the lock, if you're like trying to open up your gym locker, you go 13, 14, 15, you can't remember, but all of a sudden your, your brain's just doing it. Yeah. Like I don't know somebody's username off the top of my head, but if I go to Instagram, I'm like, and then, and then you can start to visualize those moments, right? Those compartmentalized memories. It's so crazy how if mm -hmm. we can like trigger those things. We can become yeah. super, we can become super people. Yeah. So it's almost like my interacting self is, is the child self. And then above, I've got this like thinking conscious self. And I'm like, I'm like watching her. I'm like, ah, dah, nah. <laughs> you know, how quickly can she come back and, and kind of like settle? Cause yeah. I have a question. Uh, you're talking about how, you know, maybe one week you're happy the next week you're, you're feeling a little out of whack. Uh, does social media have any influence on how you're feeling throughout the week? Um, well, a long time ago, I realized that I had to avoid social media when I was feeling down because 
literally I would even find old photos of myself or my own Instagram profile would make me feel unworthy like oh you're you've just been depressed in bed for three days like this person's starting a business and last week you were in Jamaica like <laughs> you Love know Jamaica I do too um so it's interesting when I realized that I was comparing even to myself and myself my past experiences and to where I am in that moment so yeah probably about a year and a half ago I learned that I just avoid Instagram. So if you ever see me disappear for two, three, four weeks at a time, I'm either at Burning Man or, or having, having a bout, right? And, um, and then other than that, I'd say it's, it's really inspirational. I've done a great job of curating people that uplift me and empower me and inspire me. And so I'll, uh, I'll like stick my, stick my toe back in the water and I'm like, oh, there's Adele doing this amazing thing. She's coming out with a new training. And then it, for me, it's like, all right, got to get back into work. Right. Montgomery. It's like that energy too. Like yeah. the second it's like, oh, I just fell off. I got to get back on. <laughs> yeah. You got to find those triggers of people that get you back on. Because mm-hmm. when you're in your power, like that's the greatest feeling yeah. ever. Right. And every day you have the opportunity to get into your power, into your mojo. Yeah. To so just like turn the magic up. Turn the bit. magic on. <laughs> what, when you're at the gym and you're listening to music, what type of music you listen into? What's your jam? You know, in the last like six months, my entire life has shifted, to be honest. And I don't think we have enough time to talk about all of the finer points as to why. But one of the big shifts is music. I always used to listen to the nastiest hip hop if it was like, if it cursed and it was like icky and it just made you want to twerk. That was my jam. And then it's totally shifted to love, but like Avicii, like I'm listening to those levels, like, baby. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe not that one, but not, um, that's too old, but yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I never liked like house music or that kind of like higher, happy up kind of, I liked very guttural kind of like low vibey music so now i'd say it's like something really hyped and upbeat something you might experience that like lightning in a bottle or i don't know do you think that like deep house like (laughs) music when you're doing a yoga thing and you're teaching does music help open up people to kind of feel more comfortable and maybe even perform better yeah absolutely i think that like maybe a very seasoned practitioner might thrive in silence but um I think that the average human is going to anytime, right? Even if you're just literally laying on the ground, watching the clouds and like some love, love song comes on, right? There's it's, it enriches and deepens kind of the process. It's like another sense. I I'm like, I'm not the best person to ever ask about music. I'm like, fully in love with like 90s hip-hop 2000s hip-hop like t-pain oh, you, is my, you don't say with the neon and t- t-pain is <laughs> t-pain's my jam oh my god i play tw- like probably every day <laughs> but yeah hip-hop police oh my gosh whenever yeah. i show up to john's apartment there's t-pain blaring he's in a neon lacrosse penny i'm like all right jones let's let's get you ready for the podcast bro put the polo on buy you a drink by t-pain greatest song ever there yeah. it is that's his theme song. So, to so, the window, oh, to the walls. Oh, 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 there it is. <laughs> drop it, drop it, logo. <laughs> but here's the thing that's really interesting. We talk about this with all different high performers and people that are maybe starting businesses. You can chew those almonds, you know. Oh, my God. Uh, Aubrey's eating almonds. <laughs> we're, we're getting crunchy. But it's really interesting to think about, like, different performers, whether they be someone that loves animals and is at the you know, following their dreams. Like this uh, one girl, Lisa Kitasaho was recently on the podcast and she at, you know, 21 years old, moved to South Africa and raises and rehabilitates cheetahs. You know, that's what she does. She's now, I think 26, 27. And that's what she does on a day-to-day basis. And it's like people dream of doing, doing stuff outside their comfort zone, but they're making moves or someone that's starting a business. And like, that's scary. You know, just the idea of being on your own is terrible. Uh, And then there's just a lot of things, but 
I'm curious when you could look back at your life now. I mean, you've had a plethora of experience. I mean, you're, 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 you've, you've seen the industry and the yoga community from both ends, from like the high, from the low. I mean, you said you grew up super poor. You know, you're doing good. But if you could go back in time, maybe, oh, I guess in your stance, maybe right before you got kicked out of high school. <laughs> <laughs> and you could have said one, two, or maybe three things that like the older you could have said, listen, girl, I got like five minutes to talk. Yeah. What were some things that you'd probably tell mm. yourself? I would reassure myself that, um, that the world isn't against me, that, that, that the universe is conspiring for me and that the longer I continue to go out into the world, like ready for battle, that that's what the universe is going to give me because it, it loves me so much. So that whatever it is I ask for, that's what I'm going to get. And so I would just tell myself to soften the fuck up love a lot more and trust trust more yeah trust love and soften trust love and soften <laughs> yeah man <laughs> you don't gotta be so hard soften up homie <laughs> yeah i was like i mean i've like i used to like punch walls when i was upset and i've broken my phone more times than i can count and so you you're very reactive kind of like something oh, happens to so you you're like just fiery like a volcano fire <laughs> just something deep from your like childhood mm-hmm. yeah something or I, I mean I don't know I spoke with the spiritual channeler in in February who claims that it's all ancestral and that I was this like really powerful shaman earthbender and <laughs> who knows earthbender yeah yeah did you ever claims. see avatar the last of course Air- lost. oh yeah. my god I love the show <laughs> Katara yeah man you got some Katara you in think you. so <laughs> Jones's dream girls Katara <laughs> So that's like, yeah, that's one of the things I was telling you. So much magic has happened in the last six months. And it's like, there aren't really even words for it. Um, Yeah. I got to compete on American Ninja Warrior. Yeah. Tell us about that. So you're just chilling one day and all of a sudden you're like, yo, let's, we out here. Let's do it. (laughs) Yeah. I got a DM from them last year and then this year asking if I'd ever be interested in trying out. I'm like, well... I have a couple friends who've done it and they're really strong. And last year I was like, I know. And then this year I was like, fuck it. It's just free publicity. I'll try it. Why not? What's the worst that could happen? I fall off on the first round and I got a great experience out of it. So, but yeah, I, I submitted my video. So you're just like, Hey, what's up? I'm Ob's. I'm trying to do this. Yeah, like, I just did a cut of all my Instagram stuff and my climbing tricks and my bat. Hands. Cause you have to get chosen. Yeah. 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 I did all the, yeah. The, so basically the production team was doing some scouting, uh, for, for Ninja Warrior. So they reached out and I turned in my video. And so I find myself in, I was down in Mexico and I'd actually, I met with the spiritual channeler, intuitive guy. And, um, and later that night, it was maybe like six hours later, I got the call from American Ninja Warrior saying, Hey, you've been accepted. Oh, it's like, like oh shit what did I just do right and then and the magic just didn't stop from there like three or four more really beautiful and synchronistic events popped up and then of course I did American Ninja Warrior and it's just been kind of like you said earlier it was an unlock and it's just been like unlock after unlock after unlock I think that's got to be the title of this podcast like unlocking the unlock like right (laughs) unlocking the unlock Finding, finding that key, becoming the key to your unlock. Yeah, unlocking through love. When you actually did that, when you were like right on the podium, what was that feeling like? Rush of adrenaline? <laughs> like, is your muscle memory on point or are you all like, it's almost like you're drunk and you're just sending it? Um, it would, I would liken it to a dream because my brain, there was so much stimulation that audio started to sound like I had cups over my ears. And I only remember, I only have memories of specifically what I was looking at. So I remember like, seeing like a big screen and I was like that's me (laughs) like everything was very diminished like I would you know there wasn't and then at some point I like looked over to the audience and then the audio became full blast did you find that like the people in the American Ninja Warrior were people you vibed with hard 
Oh yeah. Yeah. There's some really, I've met some really best, like just people that I know will be best friends for a lifetime. And I'm like, Oh, this is where these amazing, crazy, adventurous, like, uh, almost like mildly masculine, like unstoppable women have been hiding. Cause I'm, I'm always like, get along more with the boys. You know what I mean? I'm like, you guys, let's go climb this thing. And all my girlfriends like, okay, Aubrey. (laughs) Was there a certain task out of all those or different, um, I don't know what you'd call them, different stages. Like obstacles? Yeah, obstacles, yeah. my bad. <laughs> obstacles that like were for sure the hardest that you struggled with? Well, obviously the one I fell off on. Which one was that? <laughs> the second obstacle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it was just, honestly, it was all mental. Like if I could do that obstacle course in the peak of my power, I would do it no problem. Mm-hmm. Like I think that I have the, the strength and the agility and, and the endurance, but... Uh, it was mental. Would you I, do it again? Oh, 100%. I've been training for it. You are? Yeah. Although, the, like I said, the one thing that you can't train for is the, like, exp- the, you know what I mean? The way you react. To the actual thing. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, it's funny. <laughs> I think everyone, when they watch American Ninja Warrior, they're like, yo, I got this. Oh, that's so easy. Like, like yeah, yeah, no. Are you kidding? Give me some monkey bars. I'm straight climbing. No, man. Not when you have like seven cameras in your face and producers yelling at you to run this direction. Oh, man. And, and people are holding up their forearms for yeah. so long. You're just praying mantis. You're like, your arms are just firing. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. And I've never... Um, just being, having the spotlight on me, having a lot of attention on me is still, I used to think it was fear of public speaking, but it turns out it's the attention, right? Almost like a, like a lack of worthiness. Like, oh, I don't deserve to get all this attention. I think deep, I don't consciously think that, but deep down it's stemming from somewhere, right? So you're so in the midst of a breakthrough right oh, now. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, I'm so yeah. stoked. <laughs> I'm stoked to be seeing the journey. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to talk to you in like two years. I'll be different human it, it's important to have those goals though right like you're you're working your way up into this thing like yeah. this is ex, this is stoking you i feel like people that are that are currently at a low they just don't have anything that's stoking them right like for me i love fish i'm obsessed with fish aquariums i'm just throwing <laughs> oh, it out there i thought you're like the type of thing like you're telling me what you like to eat i'm like yeah cool i mean i, I, I <laughs> pokey homie i'm all about that pokey but fish i don't know it calms me down like when i was younger i had a fish tank cleaning business ian's fish tank cleaning shout out shout out to like my 12 customers big homies but it was just like being able to have a hobby and just like dive into it and be obsessed with like just the little tiny things I mean that's how people become masters right like you love yoga you love it I mean unless you're just the best liar of all time I don't think so (laughs) I love movement I love filling my body I like I like finding points of failure and refining them um I like proving to myself how fucking strong I've become or how bendy I've become. Like that is cool, right? To be able to look back at your practice and just know it's this physical manifestation of hours spent. And it doesn't lie. Like you can look at before and after photos and know like, oh, that's the difference between working a little bit every day or just not and kind of waiting for it to come. And then also, right, it's like in our modern society, we know that so much of what we do is just like we're replaceable. We're just cogs in this in this sort of puzzle, in this game. And we're almost like self-prescribing passions or reasons to exist in a day. Like if we all existed, you know, in a tribe on some some land way, way back when, it was like you were the hunter and gatherer. I was the babysitter. Maybe somebody else was, I don't know, right? They like, I don't, I don't know, I'm trying running out of tasks, right, but you right. get the point. Yeah. It's like every day you wake up and you had, and this, you were very needed. Mm-hmm. And, and You had a pull, like a purpose. Yeah, a deep purpose and something that wasn't replaceable, mostly, right? <laughs> I feel like today, like the longhouse lifestyle, going back to Native Americans, imagine like living with like four families. 
imagine like every day one family had to like make dinner. That, you'd have the most fire dinner every single day. And you'd feel so much love and connection. <laughs> yeah. I think really the most fire, like you're still on food. <laughs> Just trying to get some good eats. But yeah, the connection. Right. Yeah. yeah, man. But yeah, now it's like, could you imagine like in that setting, everybody had their own little miniature teepee and you just would like text like, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's broken. Right. It's, it's interesting. Um, it's funny, like the different shows that, humans are attracted to in media like if you just think about all the shows that went viral and everyone tunes into like for my mom and dad naked and afraid yeah. that's their show they, yeah. they can't stop watching it and the whole time they're like my dad just like look at this idiot <laughs> look, look, at, look at this freaking like, oh my what oh wow this guy's terrible like and he's just always making fun of him but he can't get enough of it yeah that's my parents with American Ninja Warrior. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so they must have been, you must have made their life when that happened. They were just a little excited. Did they have like a whole party for when you went on? Oh, they told everybody. They bought all the clothes. Like they're such dorks. They're like my mom still wears her. Anybody who's like, they comment on it. She's like, my daughter was on American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> Are you tight with your family? Um, with my mom. She's cool. I love her a lot. It's funny. Growing up, we did not get along. We've even like fist fought and all the things. And now we FaceTime every day for a minimum of like 20 minutes, sometimes like an hour and a half. And my dad's like, he'll leave and come back. And he's like, are you guys still fucking on the phone? Like, <laughs> what even are you talking about? My mom's like, everything and nothing. Everything um, and nothing. Great yeah. line. And then uh, my brother, funny enough, I think we use similar modalities to get our jobs done, but what we do couldn't be more. He's a EOD in the Air Force, so the Explosive Ordnance Disposal. The guys that, Is like, he the guy walking around looking for the bombs? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Right. Oh, man. And, wow. But it's so Those funny. Those guys are the most like, crazy, <laughs> crazy dudes on the planet. I know. But so that he has to be like calm and zen and centered to do his job right and it's something so wildly different than mine but i love that we have to take the same kind of essence in our way of being those dudes are really crazy mm -hmm. i mean i know this one guy who was doing he's an eod we we're, were talking this one time he said he had this buddy who was also an eod and he would fill up his jackets with a ton of candy and people <laughs> would look at him like what the fuck are you doing yeah and he's like well if i have, if i'm gonna blow up it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a pinata <laughs> savage that's hilarious that's such a savage i love it <laughs> but yeah i mean that's amazing but so it's cool yeah. that you're, i'm the same way with my dad shout mm -hmm. out papa jones yeah he's a good guy <laughs> yeah my dad's a good guy we're just um you know what it is, is the self-work that i've done and all of those pieces about myself that i've sort of i, I don't want to be so fucking eager he's like oh i fixed it but i've done so much work they're uh his strongest features Right. And so there he is at 61, still needing, I love you, dad, no offense, but still needing to do so much work. Uh, and I think it, it probably, you know, I think like on the surface level, I'm like, well, you're an asshole. So I don't like you, but I think it just triggers things where I'm like, man, that was me. Right. We don't, we oftentimes don't like people that either have things about us that are part of our personalities that we don't like or things we've gotten rid of that we don't want to come back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so reactiveness and judginess and that kind of thing. So. Yeah. If you, if you had to pick one item for naked and afraid, because I have to go back, what would be your <laughs> item? I've never seen this show. So basically the idea is that each yeah. person can only bring one item, right? One so like an ax or like a teapot or like 
Um, for just, me, I'm doing a mosquito net. Yeah. Because I can't do mosquitoes. <laughs> I, I tap out first day if you're getting eaten alive. Can I bring like an ounce of weed? <laughs> that, can that be my thing? I'm making it. There it is. Boom. <laughs> Greatest answer ever. She makes it 41 days. <laughs> she grows an entire weed farm. She ends up me. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. Wow. <laughs> the game changer right there. Yeah. They'd call it the naked and a, naked and a lot. Was it naked and afraid? Naked and afraid. Yeah. What a horrible title for. Someone. You're literally naked. <laughs> naked and afraid. It'd be a strain. Yeah. N- 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 <laughs> baked and afraid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's gonna bring an ounce of weed, and I'm gonna bring a large pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a thing? If they don't slice it, it's just one thing. Yeah, I think Joe Rogan and uh, no, not Joe Rogan, Seth, um, James Franco. And Seth Rogen, they did a like a spoof on Naked and Afraid, and it was something like that. One of the funniest duos in, in all time. But it's Pizza insane. And weed, I love it. To see, I just found out Postmates has a ninety-nine cents deal recently, and like I always hated on people that like you're ordering food to your house, get out of here. Like, you're seriously, dude. Ninety-nine cents delivery. That's how I lived in Colombia. Yeah. Medellin. It was so sick. You get anything you wanted for ninety-nine cents. Like the best restaurants, Uber Eats, boom to yeah. your door. I have so many more questions. I feel like that'll be a very long tangent. Maybe I'll ask you that in our us time. But I'm my Spanish is getting a little bit better. So <laughs> we can start there. Okay. It's much more Jesusy, much more beardy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, very interesting. It's really cool to hear. And the one thing that I'm really, uh, I've always, I'm just by looking at your feed and something that I've seen that like you are shared all the time on. <laughs> I is, totally thought you just said my feed. I was like, you're looking at my feed. That's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> was not for the record was not looking at the feet but now i am <laughs> so it might be weird all right my feet <laughs> keep going we're talking that breathing thing you got sure. going on i think nolly. it's nolly yeah how do you yeah. pronounce it nolly no i mean i think i don't know i'm not like a sanskrit master <laughs> where did it originate um it's, so it's a kriya it's a cleansing exercise okay um it's part of yoga, right? Have you ever seen the, where you put the water in the nose? I did that. Yeah. I yeah. did that yesterday. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, the, the sinus rinse. Yeah, nutty. Oh, is that the same thing that Not I did? you had now. Oh, okay. Nutty's. Never mind. I just did a sinus rinse. Did you use like a salt water and mixture and run it through your nasal cavity? Yeah. Yeah, same thing. But so they're just all cleansing techniques. There's some other really weird ones where you like, um... <laughs> roll up like I think it's like a bamboo leaf up your butt and then take in water and it's kind of like a what is that a clo- cloth an enema maybe it's more like an enema an huh? enema but then there's one too where you like like you like maybe you swallow a piece of cheesecloth and then you pull it back up and uh, there, there it's it's all very so with w- the nolly, <laughs> with the nolly thing though yeah. being <laughs> they are google them google kriya there's some really interesting ones out there Damn, that's I remember watching a jackass movie one time and they were putting leeches on their eyes. And apparently that's a holistic on their eyes. Healing. Yeah, that's not holistic. I've seen something like that. It was where in they India. Did, so, yeah, yeah. Know. They did like a ghee butter. They pour butter clear on into the eyes. And then I think there was something else about the leeches. Yeah, leeches. Yeah, it's pretty intense. All but right. so Nolly. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's start with Nolly. <laughs> Jesus, you don't psych it. But yeah, Nolly, so yeah. like you're a lot of people, how do you do it? What are you doing? Like you're straight up like, is this something that you work on? Because it seems like when you're doing it, you're really freaking doing sure. it. Like, well, I've been able to, it wasn't something I had to learn how to do. I um, like perfecting the rhythm and the fluidity of it is something I've gotten better at. But 
it I remember being like four years old and my mom and dad are like what the fuck are you doing this keep in mind my dad's like this construction worker from Louisiana and my mom's this handy she has cerebral palsy from New Mexico neither of them are like remotely physical <laughs> or active or you know athletic and so they're both just like where did this kid come from um and I used to <laughs> I would snort floss and then like, like get it spit it back like- yeah, and that's another one. <laughs> I've like, never seen people do that with like. Sna- I think I've seen someone do that with like a real live snake or something. That's yeah, intense. But, yeah, but I've done it with floss and spaghetti. <laughs> but so, um, and then kind of. So at some point, I wanted to teach it because it became people were constantly like, "That's cool that you can do it, but teach me how to do it." So I spent a lot of time just working with my own body and cues, and then t- kind of taking that into you know asking a friend, and some of them are hit or miss. Some of my friends are like that didn't teach me anything, or oh, there it is, that was the unlock. Um, so hold up, so you're, yeah. you're you're taking spaghetti, I mean, or like a spaghetti, <laughs> noodle, and you're going all the way from into the nose, out the mouth, and it's actually a sign of being able to control your body that's like what you're trying to accomplish there sure i guess you but it's it's a it would be a cleansing right so it's a way to like cleanse the nasal cavity and then the one where you like swallow the cheesecloth i guess it's a cleansing of the esophagus sounds like something that could go horribly wrong (laughs) (laughs) so the nolly thing is do you do it before you work out yeah no i mean i do it it it's like there's different applications you know what's your why um but mostly the most effective time i'd say is like first between 10 and 11 if you haven't eaten and you're super fasted and kind of like light in that space it's so accessible um and then as a as a female there's times in the month where there's like more or less bloating going on and things can feel a little bit more difficult to connect or to like really engage and pull it up and in um and in fact in almost all the teachings you'll find about Nolly, they urge women not to do it when they're on or near their period and to only do it with this like seasoned practitioner. And again, it's like, well, if it doesn't hurt, um, you know, fuck it. Right. Try it. So what like, was, if, if, how would you, can someone learn it like quick? Um, it depends. I've seen, I've seen all types. I've sent, seen somebody come into a class and, and leave with like a little bit of movement, right? And two hours of a workshop later. And then I've seen people where like my roommate, you know, she's still, I think she's just getting to Udiana, like a nice up and in. So there's a few stages, right? So what I was just referring to is mm-hmm. just this one. It's what's that stage? <laughs> oh yeah, you're free. Yeah. That's that's gonna be your first step, right? Through the Udiana Banda, the, the Udiana Banda, or like your weightlifters. Yeah, yeah. The weightlifters of the world would just refer to it as a vacuum. Okay. <laughs> like a vacuum or an Udiana Banda is the Sanskrit term okay. for it. And then what's the right? second step? Well, from there you might learn to isolate, right? So then you start to take in alternating pressure from left to right, and that's going to sort of uh, allow one side to disengage. Then from there you start to bring a rhythm into it and Ooh. really move it. Um, or there might even be you might start working with longer holds, like maybe movement isn't accessible right away, so you work with longer twenty-second, you know, fifteen-second holds of that vacuum. And does this help with core strength too? That is actually where I. So I've always been able to do it, and I knew that it was um, kind of like a an ancient cleansing technique, but I found that for core activation, like let's say I'm on set and I've been sitting in hair and makeup for two hours and then they're like, go for Aubrey. Can you do a handstand? Right. You know, and everything is kind of disengaged and a little lazy. I'll turn to my Nolly practice for about two or three minutes, a little bit of like hyperventilation kind of like, um, in, out, in, out, in, out, really using the core to fire the breath and then boom, everything's kind of, my transverse is turned on and my handstand practice is totally different. Transverse. Yeah. What is transverse? The TVA. Okay. They're like the corset muscle, right? The 
all around. So if you can control those muscles, that's like a huge step to be able to get to like the next level to be yeah, able to absolutely. do some of the, like the really gnarly poses. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of that engagement and right. If you can disengage, then you can engage for the most part. And a lot of those skills are what you need for stability in handstands and stability in, or even just the press itself, pressing the handstand. And that's all wonderful, but really for a long longevity of your spine, like for when you're like 60 and you go to bend down to grab something and you don't get that like weird tweak, right? It's just going to keep everything in and tight and healthy. So it's really for everyone. Like, um, my dad had a motorcycle accident and they had to go in through his belly to get down to the femoral artery. And, and so like, I don't, <laughs> I don't eat for my abs or work out for my abs. They're very much so genetic and it's from my dad's side. And after this accident, it's just kind of like hanging, like very poochy, right? Almost. Right. And, um, it's pooching. Right. It's <laughs> and it's, I've, I've recommended for him, like, yeah, you've got your your traditional rehab and they're doing what they can for you. But I kind of showed him a few and he's like, Oh my goodness. He says he's sore the next day after working with, with just vacuums, nothing animated. Do you do the intermittent fasting? Do I? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you into fasting? I just find like, I didn't even realize that a lot of what I do, I just do because it feels good or it's natural. Right. I didn't even realize that not eating till 11 every day was a thing. And it's inner, you know, it's kind of, it's a whole, it's a whole sort of like, I don't know what you call it. What's the longest you've ever fasted? Oh, shit. Like a fast fast? Fast fast. I did the master cleanse a long time ago when I was like probably like 22 and it's like 10 days. Jesus. 10 days just water? Yeah. Well, it's like whatever the mixture is. It's like cayenne and water and lemon and whatever. Syrup. Would you recommend it? I don't know. I don't know if I know enough on health. I think it's so fascinating though. People that are constantly like biohacking their body. Yeah. And like mixing technology with. I think I, you know what I would recommend? I'd recommend always shaking up your routine and trying things that are different and out of the norm because you never know. Do I feel confident to like recommend to the public that everyone should fast? No, just because I don't know enough and I don't know their stories. You never know what, how people are going to take it and in right. what direction. But um, for me, they're incredible. Like it's a reset. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. So this is. <laughs> I know this is something that we ask everybody that comes on the show, you know what I'm saying? This is for everyone out there that's, <laughs> you know, maybe they're right on this, the, the brink of making a big decision in their life, most likely for the sake of possibly, you know, typically, and if we're speaking entrepreneurship, we're talking about quitting the nine to five yeah. that you might not be fully appreciated at or whatever, and then yeah. going off and doing your own thing. Maybe, you know, you have a, this job that's sucking the soul out of you. You're not happy. You're not feeling it. You're like, damn, but like, there's something that you want to do. Maybe raise you know, raise uh, cheetahs in South Africa <laughs> or just go do Nolly and, and start yeah. doing your thing, whatever. Or you want to start your own business. You want to just break out, but something's holding you back, that fear, that fear of what if, what if, you know, I got responsibility. Some, what, what could go wrong? A million things could go wrong and you're so stuck in your head. Or the person that's crushing it and maybe like how you were maybe six months prior where, you know, on the outside you're crushing it, but on the inside you're really going through like a mental hurdle, you mm-hmm. know? And you're really just looking to step out into that fear and, and conquer it. What would you say to that person that's right on the edge of kind of taking the first step into a new venture or into like a new hobby that scares them? Hmm. Well, first of all, just don't overthink it because eventually your logic brain is going to talk you out of it. Um, and then, of course, like what what would 80 year old version of you say is it is is 80 year old version of you going to be stoked that you played it safe or are they going to be like you fucking idiot (laughs) (laughs) right what did you do with the last 40 years or 50 years um so yeah what always thinking of your future self 
Yeah. Do the raddest shit possible, basically. So you can look back and be like, oh, you know, that might have been dangerous or stupid at the time, but hey, it's a good memory now. Yep. Safety third. Nothing's permanent. I like that. I, I don't know about y'all with that raddest. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to go. <laughs> I'm going to hang out in the middle of an open, the Grand Canyon or whatever. Just slack. Yo, bro, I'm living. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> get anxiety thinking about it. Yeah. Savages. Well, but it's, you're it more is likely amazing. to die in a car wreck. That is so true. Right? And it's so, that's like, it comes back to the mental sort of like, what, what, what have we decided is okay? Like we're slowly dying. We should be afraid of, of Netflix. We should be afraid of slowly dying and, and not really living right. And where do you put your energy? If you quantified every fucking pointless scroll you've ever done and then took that and turned it into a foreseeable skill, like learning a language or learning a new movement, mm. even just maybe helping another fucking person, go to a nursing home and just spend time with old people. Like how many hours and where would you be? What would your shift be? How much more love would you have in your life? It all comes down to love. There it is. Yeah, one of my favorite uh, cards. I draw like moon cards, right, or tarot cards. Um, You do the tarot cards. They're like they're they're the moon deck, is what it's called. But yeah, they're kind of like intention setting cards, but they're really intuitive. Really, it's interesting. I mean, of course, I think that horoscopes and such like they can apply to you or they could not, right? It just depends on where you are. When right. you're, I like is it a placebo effect? Is it real? Placebos are real. Yeah, they are real, right? For sure. Um, but so one of the ones I always draw is that when I uh, help others to shine, I shine too, or I shine brighter or something like that. And I truly believe that. So even on my days where I'm feeling really shy, I uh, that's part of that like mental sort of like uh, check-in that I do before I leave in the morning. And it's like, Maybe today isn't about me. Maybe today is about them. Give them a show or make them smile or push them, right? And so when I'm a little shy, or, you know, I'll take someone else and I'll get them to do the ridiculous bat hang at the gym or I'll get them to try a handstand somewhere they shouldn't. And when I watch somebody else thrive or expand or smile or feel joy, like I'm, it's like my cup is filled up exponentially. It's cool because you're serving people. And if you come from the attitude of serving and helping people, yeah. those are the people that kill it. Like the best salespeople in the world are those that are, feel like they're helping someone, yeah. right? Because they're not selling it. Yeah. And then when people say they're not a salesperson, everyone's a salesperson, right? <laughs> yeah. you, know, you sold your spouse, right? Like, <laughs> the, new, the new Lion King. You're like, yo, that. we should go, right? <laughs> so that's interesting though. Like getting outside, stop getting out of yourself and helping others mm-hmm. because we're all just trying to get there. Yeah. Easier said than done. Yeah, man. It's like that deep breathing right before a presentation or right before you're about to like throw down and you're like that anxiety, it builds up and you're freaking out and you can't breathe. Yeah. It's like trying to take yourself out and just be like, yo, chill. That's kind of that. Remember I was referring to you. So you have your, your child self that's like in the reaction and in that state. And then you have that other that's like, Hey, check in. Where are you right now? Like you could calm down. Right. And it's almost like, yeah, you have your, you have your speaking self. And you have your acting self. And then there's that version of you back there that's like, and this version of you can never stop and check in, right? And bring it back down. It's that, that version of you is just going to let this anxiety build and build and build. There it is. Yeah, we going to clear out that anxiety, y'all. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for Where that. Where are you from? Are you from the South somewhere? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> always like step back into this lot, y'all. It's that, a, jo- a Len Jones <laughs> This is right just there. for Jones. You know, I'm feeling good. Ooh. <laughs> It's a good day to have a damn good day. That's all it is. That's the motto. That's how we live. 
<laughs> All right, man. Are you Jewish? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm like more like 40, 50 percent Scandinavian though. If you're that into is, the Viking yeah, deal, I'm part, right there. I'm part Scandinavian too. Big fan of the Vikings, like series. So yeah. No, I just you remind me of someone who also like lived in Colombia and had friends in Colombia, and he does a little accent. And he does. He's like this tall, like white boy, and he's kind of goofy. And oh, you remind me of him. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> big, big shout out to tall, white, and goofy over here. Straight homie. That's the characteristics of Lenny. Yeah. Serving the peace. No, oh, his name's Fish Makes Photos. He's an incredible human. I like fish. Fish. You would love him. He's the best dancer I've ever met in my life. I like to dance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow, but I can't actually dance. <laughs> no, he's like the best dancer. Amazing. I need, after this, maybe might be an I think he'd be an appropriate person for the podcast, in fact. He's an, an interesting human. That's all we're looking for. We're yeah. looking for people like yourself that are out there making moves, making things happen, and inspiring people. And I appreciate you coming here and mm. being super real, super yeah. genuine. It takes a lot to do that. And for you to open your heart out, there's going to be a lot of people that this, this changes. So how, I hope so. how can more people follow your journey if they want to get more of the obster of the a money? Well, I do as little as I have to. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's basically Instagram. It's my only channel. Uh, I've been told I need to like utilize Facebook and Snapchat and all the things, but I mean, uh, I never even had a social media, you know, before Instagram. So that's a lot for me. Hell yeah. And you're crushing it. Thank you. Hakuna Matata. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. You're the best. Nala. (laughs) (laughs) All right. With that said, we out. Peace. Or Nali. Nala is the, the lion from Lion King. Nala right? from Lion King. Hakuna <laughs> <laughs> Matata, Nala. I don't know. Simba and Nala? I Simba said yeah, but I was like, I don't know. <laughs> All right, we're done. Namaste. Thank you for listening to another episode of Len Jones Party of Two. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review and subscribe to stay up to date on our new episodes. And remember, hope is not a strategy. Keep making moves. Till next time, peace.